Welcome to Word of Life Family Church, where we strive to grow in our relationship with God, our family, and our community. We believe it's no accident you're listening today, and we pray you'll hear something to strengthen, encourage, and inspire you to fulfill your God-given destiny. Now let's get to the message, which is already in progress. It's been a series to help us in growth. How many know that, you know, without growth, there's a problem? If, if I were to, to, to pull up an individual and I would say, hey, that this, this two-year-old that you looks like they're two is actually 20, you would say there's something wrong with that person, right? With, if growth is not happening in our lives, there's something wrong because God has called us not to just be just enough, but he wants us, he's more than enough for our lives. He's a God that's bigger and greater. And so he wants us to dig into him and invest in him and he will help mature us. How many know we need maturing? Amen? We, I, no matter what stage. Even Pastor Sellers would say, I need to mature. And what are we saying? We're saying, I want our roots to grow even deeper, uh, you know, further into the ground, more anchored to God's word so I can withstand both the wiles of the enemy and be strong enough to stand and to speak God's name when we need to speak his name, to hear his voice, to be led by the Holy Spirit. In order for those things to happen, we have to be rooted. Amen? Amen. And so this is what we've been doing. We've been rooting ourselves a little bit more. And so the name, uh, the series theme is Raise the Bar. Raise the Bar. We're really talking about raising the standard. Now, let me tell you something. You can't raise the bar without Jesus. Because Jesus raised the bar so we can raise with him. And Colossians chapter 3 says, So since we have been raised with Christ, we'll set our hearts and minds on things above. Amen. We're raising the bar. Amen? Because of Christ Jesus in us. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. That's good news. That's exciting news because it helps us to understand that we can raise the bar. That God has called us and equipped us to raise the bar. He wouldn't, he wouldn't call us Christian, anointed ones, anointed ones, if he didn't anoint us to do what he's called us to do. That's not God. When God says something, he means it. And he backs it. Amen? Amen? And so that's the truth of who God is. And so today, as we're looking at this topic, today's question is this. We're going to be looking at this today. How to conquer giants in your life that might come against us. I want us to turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. Uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17, most, most of you are familiar uh, when I tell you what it's about. It's the story of, of David and Goliath. Okay, And so it's, it's an easy one when we talk about conquering giants today. And we're going to look at this. Um, so in, in, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, I, I want to remind you, it's your turn there, I want to remind you, listen, all of us, every one of us, every single person faces giants. Faces them. Faces difficulties and challenges. Every person is, deals with them, is taunted by them. Though they're common to all of us, they look different in many ways to each one of us. I don't know what yours is. I've been vulnerable a few times. I've shared some of my vulnerabilities. But I wonder if what is your giant? What is that thing that keeps trying to raise its head to try to declare things? Things over you that's not true. I don't know if it's doubts. Maybe it's lack. I, I know that there's some that deal with depression and or fears. 
Maybe stress just takes over every time. It's just like you just get have an anxiety thing. Maybe it's procrastination. Maybe that's the giant that you're trying to slay. See, a lot of times we think that slaying giants is just those big sins, you know, drugs, alcohol, addictions, which God has also taken care of those giants as well. But I think in, sometimes we, we, we don't recognize some of the mental stress that the enemy tries to bring, some of the lies what the Bible calls strongholds. And he says to take every thought captive. Come on, amen? And so we can do that very thing. And so as we look at these different things, maybe, maybe sin and addiction is the giant that, that, that tries to come over you. Maybe it's strife, unforgiveness. Maybe it's one of those kinds of things. Maybe it's insecurities. I'm, I'm trying to name them all because there's so many. They come in different ways and forms. I'm not trying to bring glory to them, but let's just call them what they are. They're from the enemy, and they're a giant that's trying to separate us or to steal the truth of God's word in our life. And we want to call them out. And we want to recognize them, not to give glory to them, but to call them out and to to declare the name of Jesus over them. Because the Bible says that at that name, Jesus' name, those things have to bow. Amen? Come on, that's good. Come on. I'm, I'm looking for it. Woohoo! Praise God. Yeah, there we go. All right, thank you. All right, good. Praise the Lord. Yes, amen. Get your hankies out. Let's do this. All right, 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to read this together. There's quite a few verses, so um, I, we do have it up on this. We'll have it on the screen for you. Next slide, guys. And uh, we'll pull that up. And I want to read this. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. I know it's small. There's a lot of information, so bring your Bible so you can lay eyes on it yourself and mark it up. But here it goes. It says in verse 4, starting in verse 4, 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 4, Then Goliath, the Philistine champion from Goth, came out of the Philistines, ranked, to face the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall. He bore a bronze, bronze helmet and, his, and a bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. He also wore bronze leg armor, and he carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his of spear was as heavy and as thick as a weaver's beam, tipped with an iron spearhead that weighed 15 pounds. His armor bearer walked ahead of him carrying a shield. In, in, in verse 7, as he also wore bronze leg armor and he carried a javelin on his shoulder. Uh, did I say that already? Verse Thank you. Tipped with a, uh, a spearhead that weighed 15 pounds, his armor bearer walked ahead of him. Goliath, verse 8, Goliath stood and shouted and taunted across the Israelites. Why are you all coming out to fight, he called. I'm the Philistine champion, but you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. And if he kills me, then we'll be your slaves. But if I kill him, you will be our slaves. Verse 10, I divide the armies of Israel today. Send me a man who will fight me. Verse 11, when Saul and Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We praise you. We honor you now. God, I thank you that you would have your way in this moment. That right now, that Father, your disconnect my tongue from my human understanding. God, that I would be connected to your spirit, your power, and your might to share your word, your truth, 
so that we can receive that truth. God, I pray in this moment for your presence that changes things. The Spirit of God that binds any fear or anxieties or challenges. Holy Spirit, I thank you in this moment that you are mighty, you are great, and we surrender to you. So, Father, have your way in this moment as we conquer our giants because of Christ in us. May we see the truth, and may that truth set us free in this moment today. Father, we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. The plan and the purpose of a giant. Let's look at what this is. Number one, if you have your handout, the battle is for dominance. I want us to look back at uh, verse 9. Verse 9, I'm going to read the NIV version this time. It says, if he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your servants. Your, excuse, we'll become your subjects, or other translations says servants. He says, but if I come overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects, and you will serve us. Listen, the goal of giants in our life are very simply to dominate you, to make you a slave back to where the enemy tries to get us back to before Christ came. The meaning of dominance is this. It's to exert a controlling influence. Now, it's important we understand this because influence is not truth unless we receive it or accept it. Influence is just influence. We can be persuaded and we can be leaned to, and that's why last week we talked about perspective. That if we have a right perspective, then when the enemy comes or it comes into our own minds or, you know, or circumstance tries to come up that's contrary to the word. We won't be influenced. We won't be dominated because we have fortified our hearts and our minds to God's truth. We get the perspective that I'm on top, not on the bottom because of Christ in me. And so as we see this, that, but, but see, this is the funny thing about how the enemy works. Even though we've been given victory, he constantly tries to influence us to think that we don't have the dominion that we have. He tries to rob us of our identity in Christ. The freedom of what he paid for, what Christ paid for, he tries to say, uh, you know, that's, that would have been great, but I don't know if it's actually in your life. It may be in the pastor's life or, or so-and-so's life that's really holy, but I don't know about your life. See how the dominance, how the enemy will come and try to taunt you, like Goliath. I'm going to taunt you with this. Who do you think you are? Yeah, pastor can claim this because he's pastor and maybe he's whatever. But I don't know about me. This is the Goliath. This is the giant saying, I don't know about you because you know what? Who do you think you are? Right? He tries to gain dominance. And so the battle is this. The battle which has already been won... Jesus says, it's, I've paid it all. I've taken care of it. We just read that the blood paid it all. We, that we have been given the dominance. Not that we hope for it. It was given. And that we have to have faith in that truth, that gift, that it is the final thing. That's where Romans chapter 12, verse, verse uh, 3. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Don't let the pattern, the prince of this world, which is the enemy, try to persuade you or influence you to other than what God has said about you. Now, I want to remind you something. It's 
It's about us, but it's not about us. It's about us because he wants his kids blessed and taken care of. He wants us blessed and taken care of so that we stop looking to be taken care of. And now we look beyond ourselves to those that we might be able to minister to. Amen? You see that? So listen, understand this, that conquering the giant is not as even as much for you. Listen, you have salvation and receive Christ. And Jesus says, I've come to give you life and give it more abundant. But the reason he gave you abundant life is so that we could minister out of the overflow of that truth. Not to try to gain or grasp it, but just believe it. Because he said it. And it's in that truth. And when we fortify in that truth, when the influence of this giant, whatever giant it is, whatever the thing is, whatever that circumstance, maybe it's just a circumstance, maybe it's an individual Maybe it's just a thought process, a doubt, or whatever it is. All the things like, whatever that giant is that's trying to raise up. Listen, I want to remind you, you're not crazy. Everyone faces that. But God has given you more. He has given you dominion over that through Christ. And the enemy lies. He's a liar. He is a stinking liar. And he he tries to put out this this, uh, facade, this mirage, if you will, that he's larger than life when he is just a little pig squeak. He's a punk. He's nothing really, except for what kind of attention we'll give him. And he will constantly try to rise up. Those giants will try to come up. Those demons, those enemies that of this of God against you, because remember, enemy doesn't like you because you were given what he wanted. You were given a gift to sit at the right hand with the Father. And he wants to derail you of that because he's jealous, he's angry, and he knows his future. He's been conquered once and for all. Amen. And so understand that the battle is not about you, it's about dominance. And when we understand that this influence is just simply an influence, it's not truth. I can't hit that enough. It's not truth, it's just somebody something trying to persuade you to steal the truth of who you are what god has done we have to we have to this is why we need to raise the bar this is why we need to mature so that we don't stay in that place because again it's life and death not just for you because life's been it's been given freely you received christ it's for those that we come in contact with those that don't know the truth have not been set free by that truth. We have a responsibility. It's strong. It's, it's great. It's, 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 and I don't know, and I'm amazed that God has chosen us to partner with him on that. But he has. And I know that God doesn't mess up. He doesn't make mistakes. He's not like, oops, what was I thinking? He doesn't do that. So if he has called that about us and he's equipped us that, then he's also going to back that truth up so we just need to realize the dominance that's trying to the 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 dominion that's trying to take over is not truth god's truth amen Amen. he's trying to intimidate us he's trying to keep us a slave to fear we we sang the song we're no longer a slave i was like every one of these songs i was like jill how did you know my message she picked all these songs and it was like I was like, preach my message in every one of these songs. And I realized, truthfully, it's not my message. It must be Father's. Amen. Which means even better than mine. 
is His. Amen? Amen. But if we don't defeat it and if we don't kill it, it's going to continue to haunt you. Not because it has a right to, but we are allowing it to. So we've got to renew our mind. We have to stay in His Word. We have to stay in that truth. And what we're fighting for is the dominion that He already paid for. Don't try to gain dominion. Accept the dominion that was given. Okay? Does that make sense? So, so we have this, this truth, this, this promise. Okay, number two. This is an important one. Uh, and sometimes in, in, in certain uh, realms of theology, uh, this one gets missed. So number two is ignoring the problem won't make it go away. Now we can, do, we can ignore it wholly wise. I know those are not words, but I just said them. But the, we can do this in a way that we can almost like we're, you know, like, it, we, you know, like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to just, I'm going to stand. And, and those are truths. But, you know, there's something about taking looking at it face to face. When David went against Goliath, he didn't ignore the problem. In fact, you know what he did? It says, and we'll, we'll look later and we get there. I don't know if we'll get that far today. But what he said, it says that he ran after him. This, this Goliath that, that was taunting and screaming and all the rest of the armies were, were cowering and terrified. David ran after him. What, what, he, he didn't ignore the problem. He didn't, just, he didn't just hope, like the hope so kind of hope. He knew he had a living hope that we've talked about earlier. And he went after that thing. So ignoring the problem won't make it go away. This is the myth. If I ignore it, it'll go away or somehow we'll get magically better. Say, listen, I like this idea. I prefer this idea. I don't like confrontation. I don't like to be like, you know, just it's just not who I am. And so I'd be like, oh, you know. And, 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 and this would be one of those giants that I struggled with was... I would do it by way of faith. But I would ignore it. I wasn't really standing in faith. I was putting it, turning a blind eye to it. That's not faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. That means I put my hope in Jesus. And now I have the faith to stand and speak against what that giant's trying to do. Does that make sense? Okay? And so we don't ignore it. It'd be nice, but it doesn't work. And Goliath, it says that Goliath came out every day to taunt and harass. And that's what giants do in our lives. That's what the giants try to do. They try to, it's, it's, they try to wear us down. Listen, you know, the enemy's a punk. But it does say that he's, he's, he, he has, he knows enough to know this, that if he just comes all out, you'll see it. But if he can cunningly, just kind of slowly but surely, you know, like pick, like, uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't know which, which one of my sons it was, but I, I kind of, it was, I don't know, funny or abusive. I don't know. We'll find out here in a minute. But I would, I, 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 one time, was it you? Where I started like hit, hitting on your wrist bone? Was that you? Or I don't remember. I just kept, I kept hitting on it like this. And it's not particularly doesn't hurt but the longer 
you do it, the same pressure. I don't remember who it was. They ended up having a bruise on that. Yeah, I admit, I was abusive and I apologize for that. But this is the way the enemy works. Just that little pick. And if we're not recognized, if we're not being discerning, if we're not staying fueled up with the Father in all that he is, listen, those little pick, 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 that will bruise us. That will affect us. And that's why it's so important how Jesus says, hey, listen, you need to abide in me. You, you need to live by the Spirit of God. You need to walk in the Spirit of truth. Because if you don't, those little, da, 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 they're going to knock you down. It's a warning, but it's a warning of love and truth. And he says, hey, listen, if you obey my commands, you'll fortify yourself from that. Come on, amen? So it seems, it seems at times it can seem like, uh, and we will sometimes, maybe we don't ignore it, but maybe we just say, oh, we ignore it in a way like, oh, it's not that bad. But it, it hits long enough, it'll affect you. It will begin to leave a mark. It'll begin to, 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 to draw. And if that mark continues, if that will continue even after mark, it'll begin to decay. It'll begin to, to sever. It'll begin to, it can grow into horrendous things. If we give that opportunity, it will happen. That's what the enemy wants. But praise be to God, we have glory over that. Amen? Amen. So we can't ignore it. We got to face it. We got to be willing to face it and deal with it. And Saul and the armies of Israel were hoping that the Philistine would just give up and go away, go home. I want to read now in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 17. It says, Now Jesse said to his son David, Take this ephah of roasted grain and, those, and these ten loaves of bread for your brothers and hurry to their camp. Verse 18. Take along with these ten cheeses. To the commander of their unit. Anybody else getting hungry now? Praise God. All right. See how your brothers are to bring back some assurance from them. Verse 19. And then they were with Saul and all of the men of Israel in the valley of Elah. Fighting against the Philistines. Verse 20. Early in the morning David left the flock in care of, the, in care of a shepherd. Loaded up and set out as Jesse had Directed. He's going to the problem. Number three. Here's our third one that we're going to look at. Obedience to the Father positions us for the victory. Amen. The obedience was David said yes to that. Now I know he wasn't saying yes to the battle yet. And I would say this. Anytime we say yes to the Father, it fortifies us for the next it may seem small and insignificant in the moment, but it's earth shattering. Because this was the lead up, this was the setup that God had, but he was looking for faithfulness. David said, I'm going to be faithful. Listen, this is the same David that just a few scriptures before, listen, was anointed by Samuel. Remember? He was the, the what most would say the least of them, and God said, No, he isn't. He is the one I'm calling to be the next king and I'm going to anoint him. It's the same that, that conquered, the same shepherd boy that conquered, that killed the lion and the bear. And he always doing at this point was called out to go take lunch. Now I think that's important because of this. Sometimes we're like, oh, I'm ready to fight. Oh, I don't want to do that. That's beneath 
when I need it. I'm ready for the real thing. Come on, give it to me. And God says, I need your obedience. Because that's what's going to give you me, going to position you for that victory that you need in your life. See, God builds on Himself. He builds on His truths. Right? It says that His foundation is stable and strong. And so His foundation is obedience. It's through love. But obediently we love Him. It would be the same as, as a relationship, a husband and wife. Right? We're obedient. and It's not like we're, you know, they're, they're telling us what we can and can't do. It, obedience in the covenant that we promised that we were going to do because we loved them. We love them, right? And so it's in that obedience and understand that it's backed with love that we um, did this. So listen, Romans chapter 8, verse 15, For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but received the spirit of sonship, adoption. So now we're adopted into the kingdom. We're adopted into God's family. Now when God speaks to his kids, he wants us to obey him. He love him, honor him, and he promises he's going to take care of us. Okay? And so we've got to be obedient to the Father. This, this positions us. David Had David ignored the Father, I don't know that Israel would have, would have defeated this Philistine. Let's say it this way. I, I think that was the heart and the will of God, but how long it would have taken. Look, when, when, they, when the Israelites weren't obedient earlier, it took them 40 years to make you know, a day and a half trip. So, so God ultimately had his way, but man, what a challenge. Thankfully, David didn't say, okay, yeah, I'll do that you know, um, next week. He did it in that moment, that time. So the mundane things, the, seem, the things that seem simple or don't mean, seem to make sense or not really big, may be the very thing that's beginning to position us. Amen. You know, David's like, what am I, a delivery boy now? He could have said that. Well, I'm, a, I'm the, like the new Uber delivers food thing, you know, whatever. Come on, come on, you know, don't you know who I am? I'm the anointed one. And I know it sounds funny, but sometimes I feel like we can have a hesitancy to do that. I, I said this before. Uh, my grandmother was, uh, she was an amazing lady. That's a whole other story. But she used to like to do cross-stitch. And uh, cross-stitch always confused me because she, she, she cross-stitched from Mostly from the back. Like she pulled it there, but she was going to the back. And it's like everything I ever saw was the back of the cross stitch. Have you ever seen the back of a cross stitch? It makes no sense. It's like the threads are going this way and this way and this way. It's like all weird. And like this, you know, I'm like, Grandma, do you need your glasses? You know, because this is looking like jibber jabber. What's going on with this? Why are you putting so much time to this? And she would methodically just go through every route just the way she was supposed to, even though to me it looked insignificant or uh, the wrong direction until she would turn it around and it was a perfect it was a perfect picture and, and this is kind of how it goes with God see sometimes he's he knows listen his ways are higher than our ways amen he he, he knows more and so we will surrender to that truth and maybe sometimes you're like this is kind of weird I think I should zig and he says zag 
But if we're obedient, listen, he knows what we need, when we need it and how we need it. He knows the end from the future to, to the present, right? He's omnipresent. He's the one that knows this. And so we'll, lead by, we'll, we'll let him lead us in that way. And it positions us that we can turn around that, fo- that, that cross-stretch and it becomes a beautiful picture of what his heart is for us. That we've been given the victory. It may appear unrelated, but listen, we need to, to do this. Uh, I'm going to give a quick story of this. This is one that I, I feel like uh, in my own life, in 2006, Michelle and I and the family, we moved from Phoenix, Arizona to Colorado Springs, Colorado. Knew that God had called us, said no all kinds of times, finally surrendered the call and worked as an uh, associate pastor in a church and felt this leading to, to something different, to move on uh, to another season in our life. And so we find ourselves in Colorado and uh, knowing full well that God had called us in ministry and we knew, okay, all right, cool, you know, and there was a lot of things, you know, doors open, doors open, doors open, doors open, like, oh man, this is going to be good, this is going to be easy, this is going to be great, we're going to go right into it. And some of you know the story, it didn't ha- quite happen that way. There was a little bit of other things, but one of the things that came up is um, uh, there was a ministry, there was a church that we knew we were going to belong to and, and work in and, and serve at and all of that. Uh, but there wasn't a position available except the one that I said that I would never do. That was kids' ministry. Now, it wasn't that I didn't think it was important. It just wasn't, I just thought, oh, it just wasn't me. And God had a better idea. And so uh, I surrendered, thankfully, I surrendered to that idea. And, 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 and trust me, I didn't just surrender. I'm like, okay, I went, you asked me, I went and bought every book. I started looking, I'm like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going in, all in. If God has made this way, I don't see it. I'd rather not be this way. I'm just being honest. But God said, I, you, you do it. So we did, we just, we went all for it. And it was probably one of the, it was one of the most fun parts of ministry I've had in a lot of years. We saw growth. We, you know, we started, when we started that church, there were probably 25, 30 students and, and, and by the time we left, there was well over 150. Just, just God grew the whole church, and it just there was things right in place. And what, but most importantly, that was the stepping stone to come to this place. And I don't know that had I not been obedient, that I would have been in the right heart of position that God, for God to promote me to this awesome place. If I hadn't been obedient... Now, I will tell you, I drug my feet a few times. I questioned. I, I don't see the path from this to this. He gave me a vision, and I'm not seeing how this and this one connect in the natural. But praise God that we don't move by natural. We've done that, tried that, been there. It didn't work. But supernaturally, God directed their steps. And that's how we found ourselves here in in important because we got a family church we got kids we got things that we need the whole family to understand and receive and it's important it's part of the very dna of this church had i not had that maybe i wouldn't have the right fit i would have been not ready and prepared for what god wanted now i i, I say that I, I don't want you to think i'm trying to, i'm not trying to boast i'm just trying to show you how God can work. And it didn't seem like it was the right way. It didn't seem like, it, it was like, I don't know about this. 
But that faith, that willingness to just say, okay, God, I'm going to surrender to that. I didn't ignore it. I was obedient to it. This, this is my heart, that you too would become obedient. I don't know what God is, what, what he's called you for. I know he's called you for great things. God doesn't just call you to be mediocre. He's a thriving, more than enough God. I know that you may have some hearts, desires, some things that, that God has placed on the inside of you, and, and he has placed those in, in you. But they're accomplished by the, the steps in which we take. They're accomplished and, and, and taken care of if we will conquer the giants. And maybe it's pride. Maybe it's that that's beneath me kind of a scenario. Now, I don't think any one of us here will person, like actually like voice that, like say that. But, but we can find ourselves, maybe you, know, you find yourself tending to go, I don't know about I would do that or this or that. But we do, we want to, if it's what God wants us to do. Because it's setting us for a victory. Come on, somebody, somebody here is looking and is experiencing, and they're like, I don't know if I should continue what I'm doing. Listen, God wants to bless you where you are. And he's waiting for us, he's waiting for you to say yes to the little thing so he can promote you to the big thing. But we've got to be obedient to that. Amen? Number four, last one here. Number four is an important one too. Number four, ignore the opinions of doubters. Now before you put a picture of a person in front of you, pull out the mirror. Because often the thing that really gets us the most is our own doubt. Don't put a face there unless it's yours. Because sometimes you can talk yourself out of a lot. Don't do that. Don't undersell who you are in Christ. So yeah, it could have been it could be outside doubters. But I think often we, we deal more with the inner doubt. First Samuel chapter seventeen, verse twenty eight, talking about doubters. When the Elab, David's oldest brother, heard him speaking with the men, he burned with anger at him and asked, Why have you come down here, you little punk kid? You're just a little kid. Oh, it didn't say that, but that's the heart behind what he's saying here, okay? He says, and with whom did you leave these few sheep in the wilderness? Like, who do you think you are? Number one, do you think you're all that bag of potato chips? And you left your responsibility? Like, you know what? He'd never even given a thought that that was a responsibility until this moment. Now it was important suddenly because it fit his agenda better, his older brother's agenda better because it kept David out of the way so he could be the man. And so he points this out. He says, he burned with anger and asked, why have you come here? Who have you left those sheep with in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are and how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Now, if you don't see it here, this is the opinion of a doubter because he, because he was jealous. There was jealousy here. Okay? And, and, and often that happens. Verse Samuel, in verse... 33, Saul replied, you're not able to go against this Philistine and fight him. You're only a young man. He has been a warrior from his youth. Ignore the doubters. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 43. And he said to David, this is Goliath speaking, am I a dog that you'd come at me with sticks? 
And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give you your I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Sometimes the doubters can be pretty try to bring a lot of fear. I don't know if you should do that. You're going to lose everything. I don't know if you should be you know you should go that hard for God because people are going to think you're crazy. Hey, you be you would be fulfilling prophecy. God says we are peculiar people. Amen. That was a Christian joke. That was a like Christian easy kind of a play on words there, but it's not the context context of what he said that for, but we get the point, right? Your guarantee of success is not based on what others say about you. The guarantee of your success is your willingness to be obedient to the Father, to believe what the Father says about you. And to run after that giant with all the fervor you can muster because of Christ in you. Amen. When you do that, like David, you'll slay that giant. Now, I don't know what your giant is. I don't know what it is. But it's... The enemy brought it up to stop and stifle you. God points it out discerns it so that you can conquer it, so that you can step into where he's already placed you, said about you, announced for you. Choose this day whom you will serve, he says. It says that God will turn what the enemy meant for evil for good, but that only happens if we will surrender to that truth and say, God, do it. I'm going to do what you asked. I'm going to be obedient to what you say. Even if it seems silly or ridiculous or whatever, we're going to do it. Amen? Amen. That's a good word. I think I'm going to live on that one. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to close there because I want to stop. We have, I have more to say about that, but we'll have to do that next week. <clears throat> hey, I don't know about you, but this is, this, God is really pumping me up. And you know what's cool about God? He doesn't pump you up just to pump you up. He's pumping us up with his truth. It's something we can stand on. It's a solid rock in which we stand. Okay? I, I do want to say, listen, I know we have a lot of abilities. I, I look out here and I'm like, man, there's a lot of abilities. And God wants you to use those abilities, but understand that it's not in the ability, it's in our willingness to surrender that ability to him, to be obedient in that ability. Because without him, we fall flat on our face. We probably have done that a few times. Understand that we stay close to, we, we stay connected to the vine. These truths, this promise, our perspective, our expectancy, our seeking Him, it all, it all is contingent on staying in the vine. Getting the vine, getting the nutrients of the Father, never disconnecting from that truth. To put ourselves in the position that we are we're kings and priests, but we're kings and priests in a royal family where God is king of kings. So don't forget that position. And this is what I love. I love how God keeps us in balance. I want you to charge forth and I want you to go. I've, I've equipped you, but listen, understand that that equipping and that anointing is only in me. Don't try to do it alone, but do it. For I'm with you. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. 
God has called you to be giant slayers. He's called you to be conquerors of this thing. And again, I say from the very beginning, I said this. It's not just so we can boast and be proud. Like, man, I got that guy. You know what happened when David killed that giant? All the Israelites were free. They saw the power of God move and they began. Now, after that rule, they began to conquer after conquer. Why? Because now they had a confidence. Something had been broken over. The fear had been broken over. It took one person to do it. But when they did, man, things were changing and mountains were moving. I know that God has called us and there's going to be there's a promised land that each one of us have. But I need you to understand, let's not be foolish or naive in that we're not going to face these kinds of battles. We're going to face them. But we don't have to be afraid of them. We've been given dominion over them. But you're only going to remember that influence and that truth is if we keep ourselves grounded in the Father. Truth. Allow the Holy Spirit to walk in you. He says that, um, let me go back to that scripture really quickly. I want to read this because this was, for, for, you do not get being, for you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave to fear, but receive, I love the way it says this, the spirit. There's a lot of spirits out there, but you've received the spirit of sonship. That's powerful. That's amazing. But sonship means that we're under someone. Right? Isn't that cool? How it, it shows us adoption and it also shows our order in a, in, a, in a wonderful way. God's so good. He's an amazing, he's an amazing father. He's the great I am. He's the one that's done it and he's called us for it. Amen? Amen. We're going to conquer giants because God has called us to do that. Because there's someone that needs to see Christ in us. The hope of glory. Let's bow our heads. Father, we love you and we praise you. We thank you for this moment. We hope you've enjoyed this message from Word of Life Family Church. If you're ever in the area, please join us for one of our Sunday services at 10 a.m. Or for Bible study on Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. For more information, check out our website at wordoflifefamilychurch.org or call us at 715-339-2207. Thanks for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you. Yeah.